Today on the newscast, Erdogan's regime is added again. Turkey detains two Israeli tourists and accuses them of spying. What is Erdogan's game here and what comes next? Find out coming up. Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. We've got a potential diplomatic crisis brewing right now between Israel and Turkey. A very important Middle East story, in case you missed it, last week. A married Israeli couple, Morty and Natali Oknin, visited Istanbul in Turkey as tourists. While they were there, as tourists do, they were taking photographs of the city. Well, they apparently took photos of Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the Turkish president, photos of his presidential palace in Istanbul, and Turkish authorities did not like that very much, and they detained this Israeli couple. Again, these were tourists, and they are suspected of espionage, according to Turkish authorities, for the horrendous crime, once again, of taking exterior pictures of the presidential palace of Erdogan in Istanbul. Now, they've been in jail in Turkey over the past several days, and it's starting to become a mini-crisis, I guess you could say. Uh, right now, Israeli diplomats today, Monday, November 15th, have been granted access by Turkish authorities to visit this couple. Now, Erdogan himself has not commented on the situation yet, but it's no secret that he is rabidly anti-Israel and, yes, anti-Semitic. We have laid out the evidence for you time and time again here on the newscast by simply quoting Erdogan directly and just observing his actions. So that's the first item to think about, to pray about right now. Hopefully this, these innocent Israelis are released from a Turkish jail and allowed to go home to Israel. And also, hopefully, this doesn't escalate into a full-blown diplomatic crisis. Secondly, something to keep in mind, today, again, Monday, November 15th, the foreign ministers of Turkey and Iran are meeting in Tehran. They are putting together what they call a long-term roadmap for cooperation between Iran and Turkey. Now, Iran, of course, is the world's vanguard of anti-Israel, anti-Semitic activity, so you would think that Erdogan would have some synergy uh, with Iran's leadership. This long-term roadmap is being put together and also announced at this meeting by Turkey's foreign minister the intent of Erdogan to visit Iran very soon. So that big state visit will be coming up, I would assume, uh, in the next few months. Now, you may be wondering, what is Erdogan's game here? What does he gain by detaining these two Israelis Nothing really on the surface, folks, other than to bolster his prestige in the radical Islamic world by antagonizing, once again, the hated Zionist entity. But he's not only been antagonizing Israel over the years, he's also been increasingly antagonizing the West. This is a NATO member nation under Erdogan, yet under his radical rule, I refer to Turkey as Nino, NATO in name only. It's not the Turkish people. They're not the problem. Again, it is the leadership. And one clear signal of the direction Erdogan was moving in is when his regime not too long ago arrested and jailed American pastor Andrew Brunson. Now, he had been in Turkey for years, uh, established a church there doing missionary work. He was jailed, charged with being a CIA spy. 
and spent two years in prison. He is a courageous man, in my view, a true hero of the faith. And you may have seen him, you may remember him praying in the Oval Office with President Trump after he was released. An amazing man, an amazing story. I interviewed Pastor Brunson recently for our TBN special, The Rise of Global Christian Persecution. And with what's going on right now with these Israeli detainees in Turkey, I think his story could not be more timely and relevant. Take a look. When it comes to paying the price for the faith, Pastor Andrew Brunson has firsthand experience. He spent two years in a Turkish prison for his faith in Christ. Andrew, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Hey, your story made international headlines. 2016, the Turkish regime throws you in prison. Take it from there. What was the reasoning behind this imprisonment? And incredible story, Andrew, how you eventually became a free man. Well, they gave many different reasons that I was a terrorist, that I was a spy, as you mentioned. So there were many different things that they said. I think that when they first took me, they wanted to make an example. That's what I think happened. And intimidate other Christians, intimidate other missionaries, and have them self-report. Now, I was there for two years in prison, but I didn't know it was going to be two years. That was one of the really difficult things. They, at one point, wanted to give me three life sentences in solitary confinement with no possibility of parole. So that was the uncertainty that I was living with, and I did not know that I would be released until the very day that I was released. Andrew, unbelievable. And by the way, just so people know, you were in Turkey for 25 years with your family working as a missionary prior to this, right? Yes, 25 years. I say 23 years by choice and two years by force. Yeah, and your wife, just so people know, your wife was also arrested along with you released after a few weeks, but man, she stood by your side, Andrew, in, in the public realm and kept your case uh, before the world and drew attention to your case throughout those two years. Now, this program obviously here on TBN is focused on the rise of global Christian persecution. You personally went through this. Uh, what do you think when you see your brothers and sisters in Christ around the world going through what went, you went through? Well, I know that it can be much more difficult than we expect, and that many people really struggle, that actually the experience I had is more the norm. We often hear about the very victorious, triumphant people, and there are people like that, but it's much more common for people to struggle. And so I focus in prayer on, Lord, may they be faithful. And this is what I really was pressing into in my imprisonment, was saying, I want to remain faithful to you. Give me the strength and the courage so that I can do that. Now, one of the things that's on my heart, you know, I, I know that th there are many different kinds of persecution going on in the world, ranging from you know, martyrdom, torture, many different things. But I also think that there's going to be rising pressure in the states, and the pressure there will be social and financial. But I think it's something that is coming. It's like, a, I think of it as a wave it's a, 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 just a, a churning dark wave that's about to crash onto the church, and I think it's really going to test people. And my concern is that many people are not prepared for this, and that's very dangerous. Yeah, and you are sounding the alarm about it, uh, Andrew. I'm so glad you mentioned that, that we here in the West are not immune to this. And I think of China, for instance, uh, not a Western country, of course, but that social credit system that China has put into place could be very dangerous for believers there. And some of those elements we see here in the West right now, like you said, being canceled and economically, believers here, not immune. A lot of persecuted believers that we talk to here at TBN say the main thing they want is prayer. 
It almost sounds cliched, yes, well, I'll pray for them, but really, they say, we feel your prayers when we are in prison. Did you feel that, Andrew? You had people around the world praying for you around the clock for over two years. Did you feel it? Could, could, could you feel that in your spirit? Did it bolster you during your time in prison? There were many people outside who were praying for me, and I would take that encouragement, and that's what would keep me going until the next time I could ask again, are people still praying for me? So yes, it makes a huge difference just to know that we're not forgotten. And that was one of my fears, that I would just be forgotten, and I wasn't. You were anything but. And Andrew, I'm so glad you shared that with our viewers, because now we have specific prayer points to pray for the persecuted church around the world, and they know it makes a difference. Hey, I have to ask you, when you were released, and you mentioned earlier it was kind of a sudden, all of a sudden you were on a plane leaving Turkey, thankfully, after two years of unjust imprisonment, you found your way into the Oval Office with former President Trump. And for me, it was a stirring image, Andrew. You laid hands on the President of the United States and prayed for him in front of the world cameras and the international media in the Oval Office. Can you tell us about that experience and what was going through your head uh, and your heart in that moment? So that was a real roller coaster of a day because I had been taken to court. I was convicted of being a, a terrorist supporter and then sentenced to prison, suddenly released. Then we're the mad dash to the airport to get us on a plane and out of Turkey before the president of Turkey changes his mind, and then to the White House. So within one day from conviction as a terrorist to being in the White House. So just the roller coaster that we went through. But the reason that we pray for the president, of course, we want to pray for him. But my wife had had a dream earlier where she was, in the dream, she was trying to pray Isaiah 11 over the president, over the, about the sevenfold spirit of God. And she was con consistently thwarted in the dream. So she woke up from that with a real conviction that she needed to be praying for the president. So when we're going back to the States, she told me about this and we said, let's look for this opportunity. And we asked God before we went to the White House, God, give us an opportunity to pray for him. And so we looked for it and we did. Amazing, Andrew. And only God, by the way, you know, to take you from, it's like a Joseph story almost, going from prison to into the court of the king, uh, into the Oval Office, the most powerful office in the world. Andrew, amazing. Thank you so much for your faithfulness, for sharing your testimony with us. And hey, you are still uh, helping the body of Christ around the world, just so people know, right? You're still, you're traveling right now and you're doing God's work. Uh, with, with even renewed vigor, I guess you would say, after your experience. We are, and one of the things that's on my heart for the States is especially to help prepare people to be faithful in difficult times. Amen. Pastor Andrew Brunson, thank you so much. A true hero of the faith. We appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you. Folks, if you want to watch that entire special, The Rise of Global Christian Persecution, just go to videos here on our YouTube channel and you will find it. It was posted on Wednesday, November 10th. Again, the show was called The Rise of Global Christian Persecution. One more programming note before we go. This Wednesday, November 17th, between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Time, we will be having a Watchman Newscast live stream. We'll talk Turkey, Iran, prophecy, and much more, and how it all matters to you no matter where you live. So be sure to bring your questions for our Q&A session and join us live right here on the YouTube channel this Wednesday, November 17th, between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. In the meantime, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.